0: Welcome, everyone, back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24/7 Sports Network, and we, on this beautiful Wednesday morning, are uh, located just inches away from the start of fall camp. Is that? Am I mixing stuff there? It doesn't feel very good. Tracy, how are you?
1: I'm I'm good, Dave. Uh, yes, inches. I'd I'd say we are inches. Just inches away.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, you look at a calendar, it's inches, right? Like little boxes for the dates, right? I'm going to go with it. I think it's fine.
1: (laughs) Let's go with it. Let's just keep that. Uh,
0: One of the ways in which we uh, uh, memorialize, memorialize. wow, words are coming hard today, Uh, memorialize the beginning of um, fall camp and the start of uh, what I would say official preseason is with Pac-12 Media Day, which was yesterday. Yes. Yeah, um, where all of the coaches save um, Nick Rolovich uh, came to <laughs> <laughs> came to LA for media days. And why are we laughing? That's uh, just so immature of us. It's so immature. Um, he appeared via. It's Skype. like someone
1: said "dick" and we giggled.
0: <laughs> um, and uh, and you were there on hand uh, to take in all of the wisdom uh, from these many football coaches and administrators and uh, fellow newsmen. Um, and it sounds as if, uh, especially from Klievkov's comments, new commissioner, and uh, various other entities, that realignment, um, which isn't actually yet impacting the PAC twelve was actually the topic of the day for the entire pac twelve.
1: Uh, just talking among all the people who were there, the media types, people I you know who have who are tied in and have some sources and information, and others who' I've just known a long time respect their opinion you know, that was the number one topic. And the takeaway really is most, the general consensus is the Pac-12 will not be what it is now in in a couple of years. It it just can't to survive. With the move of Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC, making that even a bigger super conference than it is, it's all about television revenue. And ESPN has the rights to the SEC and Uh, just all the other conferences are just going to be scrambling to try to get some more television revenue because I mean, that's, it really is the lifeblood of a football program. Um, So there were many scenarios being thrown around. There've been articles written and there are some that really, you know, make a lot of sense. I think in a lot of people I talked to yesterday, um, the most, uh, the most discussed was probably the big 10 picking off various Pac-12 teams, um, UCLA, USC, Oregon, Washington, and probably Cal and Stanford and becoming the big 20, um, from UCLA standpoint. And, and also the other would be the ACC. The ACC probably is even more desperate since it even more directly competes with the SEC. It, The Big Ten makes the most money of any conference, even more than the SEC. So they wouldn't be as desperate to compete as the ACC. So there was talk that the ACC would do the same thing, want to pick off some Pac-12 teams. Um, It was those six because those are the most six attractive teams, like to the Big Ten. UCLA, even though it hasn't been doing well in football, still attractive as... As a nas- as an international brand in the uh, media market that it's that it's in, uh, academic reputation. USC is the premier football program, you know, in the Pac-12. Oregon and Washington are are right there for, you know, brand and reputation. Cal and Stanford is interesting. It was uh, from a football program standpoint, most people thought, eh. Nah, not, you know, not really that desirable, but the Big Ten is very much about academic prestige, and uh, you couldn't find a one-two punch that boosts your academic <laughs> reputation like Cal and Sanford. So those are kind of the six that most of the people were talking about yesterday. For UCLA, I, you know, I've been talking about it and thinking about it since yesterday, and I... I don't really help me out, Dave. I don't see any downside. <laughs> um, if UCLA, uh, the PAC 12 fiscal t- 2019, most teams made $30 million off of television rights, I think. And uh, I mean, people are speculating this would double that 60 to 70 million for television rights for, for UCLA and for the PAC 12 six. Um, that's just too lucrative to pass up. That's, that's, kind of program changing what you could do with that in terms of facilities, resources. Um, and, and just, uh, you know, UCLA has to think it'd be a lot more attractive to pack in a bunch of Wisconsin fans of the Rose bowl than maybe Arizona fans. Um, I don't uh, travel restrictions, maybe how the conference would break down into divisions. you know, that would all have to be worked out and I'm sure it'd be very complicated. Um, but from UCLA, recruiting, uh, you'd think it would give the existing Big Ten teams a, a large, a, you know, a footprint, a strong, a strong, a bigger stronghold than they have already in Southern California recruiting base. But you'd have to think some recruits would would think also instead of going to play at Michigan to play against Ohio State, I can just stay and go to UCLA and play against Ohio State. Um, A lot to have to think through, and this is just all absolutely speculation, but it seems to make sense that the Big Ten and the ACC would probably be looking to pick off some Pac-12 teams. And I see no value, and no one I spoke with saw almost any value in the Pac-12 trying to scavenge through the Big 12 and take some teams from the Big 12. For one thing, there, there, a lot of those teams just are not a match for the Pac-12 phil- philosophically, ideologically, um, but saw very little value there.
0: Yeah. I what mean, do
1: you think, my friend Dave?
0: Well, there's no value in uh, picking... I mean, that was the thing that's been talked about for years now, like, oh, should should the Pac-12 go get BYU or go get Houston or go get Rice or SMU or something like that? And there's never been any value in that. Um, the play was, you know, whatever, a decade ago when the Pac-12 had an opportunity to try to entice Texas and Oklahoma the same way the SEC just successfully did. Um, but that was it. Um, there was nothing. There, there was nothing else out there uh, to go grab, and I don't think there is now. And I think anything that you're adding now, you're just diluting actually the money. Um, you're spreading yep. it a little bit thinner. No, the way I, I think the Pac-12 has two options. Um, one of which is, um, I think the what you're talking about, which is the Big Ten picking off half or. I mean, they could even go much larger. I I don't think the ACC is stable at all. I don't think they're going to be adding teams. I think they're going to be hemorrhaging teams. Uh, Clemson, FSU, Miami, probably go SEC at some point. Um, And what you're going to be left with is actually two big polls. You're going to be left with Big Ten, and you're going to be left with SEC. Um, And it's just going to be a matter of um, who gets tapped as, okay, you guys are true major conferences, and who gets left with the Whatever, whatever remains, the Mountain West and the uh, American Athletic Conference or whatever it is. Um, so I, I think there's two options for the Pac-12 now. They can stand pat. I, I don't think that's a permanent solution by any means, but I think they can stand pat for the next three or four years and see how things are turning. Um, but the, the reality is that um, the Big Ten is more than likely going to be looking aggressively to match the SEC here. Um, And not just what the SEC has already done, but what they what's easy to see that they're going to try to do, which is lock up the entire southeast of the country. Um, And I'm using the broad um, Confederate States of America definition of southeast there because it includes Texas. Um, So the Big Ten is going to want to because I think philosophically they're more aligned with the Pac-12. They're more aligned with, um, you know, the two leagues that are interested in academics at any level are the Big Ten and the Pac-12. So I think you could see anything ranging from, I know this has been bandied about too, a scheduling alignment um, where the Pac-12 and Big Ten are uh, aligned in that respect, and they get some kind of uh, special TV deal for um, a Big Ten-Pac-12 crossover deal. But again, I think that's more of a transitionary step. I think the reality is you're going to have two huge leagues Um, each of which probably have, I don't know, 24 to to 28 teams um, within a decade. Um, And those two leagues are going to be what is effectively the new NCAA. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fear, I think, among um, at least some UCLA fans that I talked to, that UCLA would not be included in that. And I think that's, um, eh, for lack of a better word, loser thinking. (laughs) Um, it's, uh, totally, totally devaluing the school that you, um, ostensibly know a bit about it's in LA. So if you throw out everything else, everything else about the brand, about the, you know, historical value, about the, um, international value, the whole thing, it's in Los Angeles, just the media market alone. They're going to want the slice of that pie with the alumni base, with the amount of people watch the games. Um, yeah, it's not Ohio state. But it's uh, compared to the other Pac-12 schools, it's it's top three right now. Um, And that depends on how you feel, I think, about Oregon and the value they bring. Um, So I I think the reality is UCLA is going to be part of any major conference discussion. Um, They're going to be in that. Um, And uh, it's going to be an interesting new world. I don't know if this is going to be superior in any way to, um, you know, the stability of whatever, 15 years ago. In fact, I think it's going to be inferior, and I think it's going to be much more so than anything to do with NIL and paying the players. This is going to feel um, much more like it's turning into NFL light um, with these leagues and and aiming for, you know, uh, whatever, the the commoditization of this whole thing. Um, But UCLA will be a part of it. They just will.
1: Well, uh, and if, and if it's a basketball conference that is created also, which could be a possibility, this might not just be football only, right?
0: Yeah, so, no, I mean, it, it would, it yeah. would almost certainly include basketball. The question, I mean, there's right. a lot of questions involved. I think you would have to maintain something like the Pac-12 or in the other minor sports, the MPSF for the Olympic sports, um, because I, I see very limited interest in like, for example, Rutgers uh Playing UCLA and a lot of these things and the money involved would make it very, very challenging to have yeah. road trips to the other side of the, uh, country for rowing or whatever. Um, but, uh, I think the reality is, um, uh, this is going, this is driven entirely by football and to a much lesser extent basketball. And, uh, that's going to be the thing that is organizing this entire thing. So, um, I, I here's what I would say. I don't know that there's anything creative the Pac-12 can do here. Like I don't know if there's a real option. I think they just kind of have to wait and see um, because there's no reason to add teams. Um, so I think from like the Pac-12 leadership perspective, it's just going to be standing pat and then seeing, seeing if the Big Ten wants to negotiate at a conference level or if they're just going to try to pick off teams.
1: The the Pac-12, the Pac-12's options as a conference are not good. You no. stand pat and you eventually just erode and you become irrelevant. And maybe a couple of teams get picked off, <laughs> which makes it worse. Or you, you like you say, you add some teams that really bring no value and it's a zero sum game. It's a negative sum game <laughs> because you're devaluing by adding teams. I don't see any scenario where the PAC 12 survives long term. And, I think it's TV deal is up in 2024.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. And they're, they're, they're yeah. counting on that as like a, as a benefit for them. But in reality, um, I, I think they're going to be hemorrhaging before then. Um, yeah, and that's, that's the challenge because look, I mean, USC, they're, they're probably already deep in talks with somebody. Um, yeah, like there's just no way they're not. And, The way, I I mean, I think um, the the way USC fans talk about USC is very different from the way USC's administration talks about USC. I don't think they're going to be super comfortable just going out on their own into the Big Ten. They're going to want UCLA. They're going to want um, some traditional West Coast partners. Um, But that's got to be already happening. Um, There's got to be aggressive moves right now. Um, And so... Uh yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we start hearing trickles of actual news and not just speculation here in the next couple of months, um, because things are going to start moving quickly with what SEC just did.
1: So uh, that leaves, and we just, I think it kind of, we have to talk a little bit about it. Um, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, Oregon State, Washington State. Uh, yeah, I mean, Washington, Washington State, State and Oregon State are or Mountain State, West
0: schools. Mountain um, West schools.
1: Arizona, Arizona, so they maybe join the Big 12 if it still exists?
0: ASU I could see being somewhat attractive just because of the Phoenix market um, for— uh, They've
1: always had a big presence, like recruiting presence in Texas, too. Yeah. In yeah. That
0: well, they could be attractive for the Big 10 is what I'm saying. Um, ASU could because— while it's counterintuitive uh, well, because they're not an AAU, or a, a there the, you go, they're not the American Athletic Universities. They do yeah. they do satisfy the money requirement a little bit better than Arizona, which conversely doesn't have as huge a market, but is an AAU school. Um, right. So I could see it. Um, the one the ones you really can't are Washington State and Oregon State. Those are the two that are non-starters because they're not AAU and they're not in major TV markets. Um, Utah is. Uh, an AAU, but it's, you know, whether that's a big enough brand for the Big Ten is going to be a question. Um, but this is where I'm saying, if they wanted to go big immediately, like if the Big Ten wants to get in position where it has the upper hand in the SEC and forces the SEC to pick off the Southeastern members of the ACC while the Big Ten picks off, you know, the, the, the more north, Northern parts of the ACC and they just want to go to 24 or 28 now, then I could see them taking nine of the Pac 12 teams. Um, yeah. But it's, it's going to be a question of whether, how much they want to bite off right at the beginning.
1: So, what do you do if you're George? Pronounce his name for me
0: Kleevkov.
1: Kleevkov. You just, I mean, he's been on the job for four months. And now he's, he can't look like he's brokering the demise of the conference, right? I mean, he can't, he can't really do that.
0: No, but but what he can do is he can try... I mean, the reality is that's what this is. It's what his reign is going to be. I mean, again, like, how creative he would have to be to make this work where the Pac-12 is still a sustainable thing in a decade, he would have to be a wizard. Um, Well, maybe
1: he becomes the... uh, He leads the West West division of the Big 20 or something like that. He can...
0: I don't see that happening, but what he could do is if he can negotiate and get them to take like I don't know nine or ten of the pac twelve schools um that's a big enough addition that it's like a business merger maybe he takes over as the commissioner of that new conference um like that might be the negotiating position he has if he has any control over the decision making power of the member schools um or
1: he or he gets he just gets a big buyout like Larry Scott
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um so it's I mean it's it's a wild time to think about it. Um I mean I think the, re- the 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 reality is the SEC is making a big play um for for money. Uh they this is the death of the NCAA more than it's the death of any individual thing because whatever you want to call the Pac-12 or Pac-10, there's still going to be a division of I don't know, 8 to 10 west coast schools that are, you know, the same ones we've been talking about forever, um, but uh, this is the death of the NCAA. Um, yeah, the beginning we, of the end. Yeah, once this once this goes forward in a few years, the SEC will actually be a bigger. Um, I think the the revenue for the SEC will be bigger than the revenue for the NCAA,
1: with a combination of NIL too. Because uh, here is another thing I don't even want to dwell on it too much. We're going towards. Uh, players unionizing. This is the first step, and when all that happens, that's another nail in the coffin of the NCA. Yeah. So while we're while we're talking about kind of legal things, <laughs> we can. Uh, what do you think about the news that broke this morning from Ben Bulger of the LA Times about UCLA starting offensive lineman Paul Grattan being charged with? misdemeanor assault in a bar brawl.
0: Yeah. So reading the details of it, it sounds like it was a fight between him and one other guy in a bar. um, And that uh, Grattan apparently pursued him a little bit and hit him a few times. I mean, it sounds, I mean, I don't know. I don't read too many accounts of bar brawls. It sounds like uh, what you typically see is a fight in a bar. Uh, When you're that big, um, it's obviously you should, Probably not be hitting people if you're six. This four, is going to sound
1: really exactly. This is sound really flippant. But unless the guy he was fighting was of equal size, what is that guy thinking about? Why why are you even coming close to provoking a fight with a guy who's well, six four? Well, it's two things, pounds?
0: and so I'm I'm on both sides here because one, don't go fight the guy who's six, four, 300 pounds. But two, if you're six four three hundred pounds, y- you got you gotta calm that temper because when you punch somebody, you could kill somebody. Yeah. so just you know you got to keep these things in mind it's like that one time i saw Shaq uh swinging really hard at, uh whoever that center was for portland and just missed yeah. him and it's like you're Shaq, dude you're like 360 pounds if you connected on that that guy might die and th- and that guy's still you know he's six nine two hundred and you know 40 pounds but you might kill him so don't do that um so yeah anyway um uh, not to be flipping about it um I don't know. I, no feel for how serious this is. Um, obviously, it's going through the court system. So it's serious at some uh, real level. Um, uh, but, you know, did this guy get really hurt? Was he just banged up a little bit? Um, the fact that it's a misdemeanor and not a felony that's uh, being talked about is probably a good sign for Grattan. Well,
1: remember, there's a precedent at UCLA. As long as you're charged with just a misdemeanor, it's not a felony, that he can literally stay on the team until, uh, unless he's found guilty. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I mean, if,
1: if you're charged with a misdemeanor, you're allowed on the team.
0: Yeah. And so I think there's a range of possibilities. He was too drunk and did something very stupid, or he's, you know, a menace and uh, that'll be um, adjudicated. So, I mean, I think. For but UCLA, mostly
1: you think this is this is pled out, right? You'd have to think he's going to plead this out.
0: No idea. I mean, it's it, it sounds like it's been going on for, Christ, it was like February 2020 when it happened. So this yeah. is a year and a half later. Um, yeah. So who knows what the developments have been, whether this guy waited a long time to press charges or if it's been trickling through the system. Because um, if it's been in process for a year and a half, hell, I don't know if it's going to get pled out. Maybe this guy's really got to be in his bonnet. Um, and what
1: what football fans, UCLA football fans, are most concerned about, we'd have, talking with our bro legal team, I mean, they're in the next, they're in the office down the hallway and yeah, there's like obviously. seven guys. Um, they've been working on this all morning and the report they gave me that was on my desk this morning. Am I going too far with that whole announcement? No, no, no. Um, I
0: think you're not going far enough.
1: Okay, cool. Uh. And we're just, on, we're just on the 20th floor. We've got 19 floors below us of the bro building. Well, um, there's
0: the three floors of the marketing team. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. I like those guys. Those guys are fun. They're
0: really creative. Yeah. Uh, that's where I get. That's where,
1: do you play ping pong down there a lot? It's I, really do. Fun.
0: I do. I I'm, do. I'm a bigger fan of the indoor um, slip and slide.
1: You know what? Did you? The water has been turned off. It's been broken for like a few weeks, and it's summer. It's really a drag.
0: It's it's a um, real pain in the ass. But you know, you take these sacrifices uh, when you're when you're when you're hanging out in the bro building. You know, there's some sacrifices that need to be made.
1: Isn't it funny? We've never invited the fans over to the bro building. I know it's, it's so crazy wild. That we've never done that. We're just so. Solid. I mean,
0: this is I think the first time we've actually talked about it openly. It's it's um, you know it's sort of. A oh
1: secret. wait, are we recording?
0: I think we are. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, the opinion is that uh, he'll play out the season before anything comes to a decision over this. That there's a very good chance of that that it will he'll be able to play out the season. I know that's what most it's just like ASU fans I shouldn't make that I shouldn't make that comparison. But most ASU fans I have a really good friend who's an ASU fan and all he's all I just want to play the season. Can we just get then I don't care. I, we've been waiting for this one season for years and years. I just want to play the season. So yeah. What I heard a lot from sources Pac-12 was that you know it's gonna it's gonna it, ASU is not in a good place. Like that it's that first tight end uh, coach that was removed from from his duties. It's gonna keep happening. So. Yes, uh, I segued to ASU, but so Paul Grattan. I don't think there's that much to see there, honestly. I think it's good that and you know first off, wait. I read a few comments that about people getting into Ben Bulch. I, I thought Ben's report was pretty much straight ahead. He didn't seem to have an edge are, or are you, an. Are, are you
0: critiquing fans for being irrational in defense of the team that they follow?
1: Yeah, that's that's irrational of me right there. You're yeah, right. you know, I mean, You're talk, right.
0: talking about friggin' Bulch like he's uh, TJ Simers, just ripping dudes apart. Like, he's, like, obligated to report this stuff. Like, this is, like, the classic, you have to report the shit that's, like, or <laughs> the stuff <clears throat> uh, that's, uh, you know, <laughs> legal things associated with the team you cover. Like, that's just, this is yeah basic stuff. So, no, I mean, he's just doing his job. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, uh, segue, but like sports journalism, obviously, it's not, uh, what would I say, capital J journalism. There's a symbiotic relationship. Um, It's access journalism. It's a wide variety of things. And I think for us in particular, it's even more of that. But like, you can't begrudge a guy trying to do like the actual like journalism part of the job which is covering the news associated with the program and not just, like, you know, talking about whether the team's going to be good.
1: Um, And I I saw no attitude of... in his right. We're even lingering... We're making too much of this as it is. It was ridiculous. Okay. Uh, Fall camp starts in two days. We still don't have the schedule.
0: (laughs) That doesn't... That that does not surprise uh, me, Tracy. Is there an updated roster? I haven't even looked. No!
1: Of course not. I... I'd be stunned if there's an updated roster by Friday. Yeah,
0: totally. um, it makes makes writing these previews so easy. I love it. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
1: heading into fall camp, uh, there's there there's, there's so much to be watching for. Um, uh, I wrote a thing about you know the basically the players and in, in uh, what you want to see happen. Uh, from a player standpoint, with fall camp. But there's some other things that we'd like to see develop through fall camp in preparation for the season. Like, I mean, Dorian Thompson-Robinson didn't have a great spring. You'd like to see him be a little bit sharper in in fall camp um, in combination with the defense looking really good because as you and I have always said, well, recently, the key to the season is not the offense. It's really the defense. The defense has to be good for UCLA to get that successful season. Um, so there's, there's plenty to watch in, in fall camp. Uh, and a key, I uh, know a big key for you is middle linebacker. We have to really watch to see if we get some, uh Better play from middle linebacker, and there's an indication of that in fall camp. Um, are you going to come out, Dave? Even though we don't have a schedule
0: yet, just say or potentially we have no access. Yeah, sure, maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we're going to have the same access we had in spring. Well, I'd love to watch thing, twenty minutes
0: from far away. Why the hell not?
1: No, no, no. We're not. We're yeah. I mean, we were twenty minutes right there, and then. And then we walked up the sideline a few times to actually watch some team periods, but then don't tell anyone again. So everyone, keep this on the down low. I snuck over a couple of times and watched from a different vantage point.
0: Wow, you, rebel! Yeah. I'm,
1: I know. I mean, I had I had like campus security running after me one time. Uh, but just say you're going to come out because you can, you're going to go back later when you get the schedule and say you can't make it. So just say, yeah, yeah, yeah i to come out. Yeah, obviously,
0: obviously. You know my speed. You know the way I roll. Yeah, um, well, that's
1: right, <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I want to come check it out. Um, yeah, I mean, middle linebacker, replacing Osa Digazua, getting better safety play, just the middle of that defense. Just straight up the middle. Um, I'm going to need to see some stuff um, this, this fall camp. Um, on
1: the side on the side on the edge I wouldn't mind a little bit more pressure on a quarterback from the edge too
0: I'm convinced this scheme is going to get pressure Um, and so yeah some traditional edge pressure from like a four man rush sure but if you can't replace Osa Degazua up the middle then no matter how much edge pressure you're going to get you're still going to be a sieve up the middle Um, so I want to see um, some stout defensive tackle play Um, and whether that's Jay Toia, whether that's Osa, or sorry, whether that's Daytona Jackson, um, whether it's Otito Gbania, um, need to see some better play, um, from uh, that position group, uh, with Oda out. Um, and then middle linebacker, I mean, talking about it generally is fine. I I mean, I think the reality is I, I, I want to see them try something different, I want to see them try somebody new at Mike, um, and uh, see what that looks like. Um, I think they have to be flexible in their thinking there um, because uh, Calvert really wasn't cutting it last year. And maybe he improves a ton, but if it's not a ton, uh, then I think they need to try something new. Um,
1: That's what we think, but from what I know, I I think UCLA has a different opinion on Bo Calvert.
0: Agreed, agreed. And, um, you know, I I think that's going to be... one of the interesting things this season is whether their opinion of him kind of, uh, change of a better term or, or for lack of better, uh, better term bears fruit. Um, Oh yeah. Uh, because I, I, coaches in my, um, uh, learned estimation are not super flexible. Um, and so if they've determined a guy is their guy, they'll ride that into the ground. Yeah. So you have to almost hope that their guy becomes the guy. Um, Otherwise, um, you're going to continue to be kind that of bad.
1: scenario. You and I have been through how many times?
0: <laughs> about a million. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the defense. I'm really interested in. I think the offense is going to be good. Wait, um, I want to say
1: one more thing about sure. the defense. I think Jay Toia is is going to have an impact. I think he's going to be so good in fall camp. They're quickly going to plan for him to be in the rotation, and he will get he will be better. And by the time they get to games and maybe a few games in, he's going to be playing a significant amount, not necessarily starting, but I think playing. And I think that will help the interior of your defense that you're talking about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So uh, there, there are options. Um, you know, I've, I've, uh, we talked about it last time we recorded, which is ages ago now. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not totally down on the season. um I've got it at six and six, but that's more dependent upon the schedule but i am I am willing to move off of that position, particularly if fall camp goes uh well and we hear good things or see good things out of uh, out of the interior of that defense um, but I think there's there's still a lot of TBD um even with as experienced as a team this is, I think there is still some TBD with respect to that defense um because. Yeah. Even if you, and I did, but we all liked the way the defense improved last year, but it did tail off at the end of the year, Um, and there were some notable deficiencies that aren't easily corrected, Um, and so those are kind of the things we're talking about now, Um, and so those are the things we'll be waiting to see in fall camp.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, if we're talking season projection, I mean, obviously what, how how you and I, I don't know if I should say this, how how you and I kind of massaged that, that preview, <laughs> you went low, I went high, we basically satisfied everyone, every pro, I don't know why this is the first time we've ever thought of, of doing that, like why we have never always played good cop, bad cop. And we could switch roles like from year to year. Why didn't we ever think of – why do we always think we have to agree? That was so stupid of us previously.
0: Yeah, right? no, a- agreement is, is, is stupid because we don't actually then have to like argue about it. We just put it out there and then they're like, oh, wow. OK, we're getting, we're getting both, both sides of this. This is great.
1: So I, I mean I'm not prepared yet to really say what I think. I'm gonna, you know what? Let's say I'm gonna give myself a few weeks of fall camp, gather a little bit more information. Sure. But I'm, I'm, I'm not six and six, but I'm not, I'm not ten and two. I, I think, I really think there's somewhere in the middle. Uh, and then that leads you to think, believe, will Chip Kelly be here next year? I, you know, I know a lot of fans don't want to hear this. Some do want to hear this. It's a huge question mark right now whether he will be here next year. Um, and we'll elaborate more as I gather more information and we get through fall camp and through the season. But I think that's that's where it stands. I think there's a decent chance that UCLA has a different coach in in 2022. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that seems uh right and fair. I mean, I think this is um, – it's a – be decent to good or or get out kind of year. That's what it feels like at any rate.
1: And other scenarios in there too. Like we've talked about it that, you know, Chip Kelly might want to move on himself, um, that he's not necessarily fired, but he might want to move on that. That's might be how he feels. Um, but that's for a later time, uh, to talk about, um, for various reasons. <laughs> uh, so the basketball team, Dave. Yes,
0: yeah, so let's talk um, about basketball, Tracy. Let's
1: stop. Yeah, it's basketball's fun. Um I've been out doing some, you know, doing the whole July evaluation period. Um right now the college coaches are at the NBA players camp uh for the next 2 days. Really nothing to be seen. The UCLA is just babysitting a few of its a few of its guys that it's offered. Uh, I would, I mean, there's a chance they could offer someone out of that. I, I probably unlikely, maybe more than unlikely, but coming out of July, like we had said for a long time when people kept saying, well, who are the recruits? Who are their targets in 2022? And we kept saying, Hey, you know, we've been in this pandemic. They haven't seen anyone. They don't even know what they're target. They have no idea. You know, let's say Amari Bailey and Dylan Andrews and Mark Mitchell. Beyond that, and like, you know, what most coaches do when they go out to these things, the vast majority is to cross guys off their list. And UCLA did the majority of that in June and July. But they did add some guys. Uh, Vince Uwuchukwu, uh, six, 11, seven foot uh, post player. They offered Julian Phillips, uh, a wing from South Carolina, Cam Whitmore. Like football looking stud wing <laughs> from Maryland. Ernest Uday, uh, post player from Florida. Johan Treor, uh, originally uh, French uh, from France, but he uh, is at Napa prolif- Prolific Prep. They could offer maybe Jordan Walsh uh, a wing, who will be at the Southern California Academy. Um, So they offered a lot of guys that I think they're in a really good spot. They've got a commitment from one of the best point guards in the country and Dylan Andrews, the top four player in the country all around uh, the combo guard, Amari Bailey. They're doing well with Mark Mitchell, um, a five-star power forward type of wing uh, from Kansas. It's between UCLA and Duke Say UCLA leads right now, but you know things could change. Mark Mitchell has kind of indicated he wants to wait to see how the teams play. Uh, could wait until December and not sign in November, which is kind of tough for UCLA because it just if they don't get Mitchell, they'll have to pivot and offer other guys and go harder on other guys. But you know, uh, you know that's the downside of it. And, you know, they'll have a chance with some other guys, like I wrote in the last recruiting update. If they can get these guys on campus, they will have a chance. So it's it's a matter of really whoever they can get on campus for an official visit this fall. But I'm still not worried, because there's that transfer portal. And if UCLA has even slightly the season we think it might have, they're going to be an attractive destination for transfers from the transfer portal like they were this off season. There were plenty of guys who, who had very serious interest in UCLA transfers that UCLA could not take because they were full up. Um, Big name guys. uh, And I foresee that happening again. So uh, it's, this is going to be a very exciting thing to watch uh, basketball recruiting between now and the official visits this fall, and then signing day in November, late signing period in April, all the transfer transfers and the transfer portal—it's going to be—it's going to be a thing. Um, and I can tell you, out there on the recruiting trail, UCLA is, is now has some buzz uh, behind its name once again. So, all good
0: things, Dave. We love it. We love it. Um, yeah, I, 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 have, I have absolutely no concerns about Mick Cronin, about recruiting, about the basketball program in general. Um, everything is uh, moving forward as it should.
1: Mick Cronin just turned 50, mm. and he has no aspirations for the NBA.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I mean, he could coach, what, 12 to 14 more years at UCLA, let's say?
0: I mean, what Maybe? the hell? How old is
1: well, do you really want to do the Krzyzewski thing where you're kind of being, you know, rolled around in a coffin?
0: <laughs> yeah, but he's always been a vampire. Like, that was true even when he was 50. Cronin's not a vampire. so I, You know what? Is, I think
1: Krzyzewski's uh, younger than, you, than he looks. He's
0: 74 years old, Tracy. Okay,
1: he's older than he's Just about as he Just because he dyes his looks. hair
0: with shoe polish doesn't mean he's not old.
1: Roy Williams.
0: Roy Williams is like 70, I think.
1: Yeah, Roy is exactly seventy.
0: Yeah, Roy looks good for seventy. No, Roy looks like a normal, like a normal, like older guy. But he's not. He doesn't look seventy. Shashevsky like looks old because he's got like shoe polish dripping off of his hair (laughs) (laughs) from his toupee. That he like his. He's so old that his toupee is turning gray.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the toupee thing is always. It's always fun. Um, I've been told, and I think I've said this before, the number one toupee in all of college basketball, who do you think it is? Uh, Bill Self. I think I've told you. Yeah. Bill Self, no. I've told you. You knew that. I told I knew you that. I was told that by some coaches who have some inside information. And they said, it's an expensive toupee. Like it's, you know, like $30,000 toupee. And it looks good. It's a great toupee. Don't you think?
0: I I, I love it. It's one of my favorite yeah. toupees all time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like Ben Halland would never get a toupee. Mick no, Cronin, too much,
0: too much, too much bald pride there.
1: I would. <laughs> I'd love to see Mick with a toupee. That would. Yeah. It's just not him at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, obviously basketball. Uh, they're in the middle of. Uh, their summer workouts is what it's called. They get eight weeks over the course of, I think, a nine week period. They'll start, uh, practice early, uh, they'll stop summer workouts early September and then begin fall practice late September. Um, and then we have Las Vegas, Uh, UCLA was announced will be in Las Vegas against uh, Gonzaga on the 23rd and Bellarmine, correct?
0: Bellarmine, yep.
1: On the 22nd, which is the Tuesday and Wednesday. Is that correct? I
0: think so.
1: Of Thanksgiving week. Then inside information that you only get here on, bro. UNLV that weekend. It has not formally been announced Officially announced, but you're getting it here on Bro. And then, as we said, uh, North Carolina in the CBS Classic, December 18th, and this is all; these are all in Las Vegas. And then, Dave, the the football team will be playing in the Pac-12 Championship, December second, at I don't know what the name of it, uh, Raiders Stadium. What's the name of that Alliance? Alliant. What is um, the name of that stadium? Allegiant. Allegiant. Is that it? I think you're right, Dave. Allegiant Stadium.
0: Yeah. Damn. Look at me.
1: Yeah. So we're gonna move the Bro Building all twenty floors, and we're we're gonna rent out. What do you say, Dave? About five or six suites. Yeah. At. Where should we do well, it? No no no, 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 no. I thought we were going to.
0: I thought we were going to do the um, the Kong versus Godzilla um, airlift um, and literally move the building.
1: <laughs> that's a lot of work. That's. I mean, that's too.
0: It's much. It's not the money, obviously. I mean, Bro is a multi billion dollar organization. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, the work involved, the logistics.
1: Even though anyone... we have, I mean,
0: we do have four floors of the logistics department, but still, um, it's taking them off their other tasks, like blowing up the moon.
1: If there's anyone out there that's got, let's say, you know, a condo in uh, the Aria or something like that, that they want to give out to bro from <laughs> November 22nd to December 18th. I, I might just move to Vegas
0: Yeah, just a month, it's no big deal
1: Have you ever, I've never had Everyone out there saying Would you guys talk about something of substance But this is the end, has anyone Spent Thanksgiving in Vegas, I never have I have and Is that fun?
0: I think it would be fun It actually was kind of fun um, We did it as, a, it was my 21st birthday trip So my whole family went um,
1: Did you go a- to a buffet, a turkey buffet? Yes
0: Yes, it was, it was, it was enjoyable. Um, it was shockingly crowded. Um, a lot of people go to Vegas for Thanksgiving, oddly. Um, but it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, no more buffets there in Las Vegas. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, anyone. Let's, I think we should have a big kind of presence in Las Vegas. Um, yeah. We
0: should, we should do a reprint of the brochures.
1: we should or just everyone wear the shirts that they they own right now
0: I think it's like four guys who bought 15 a piece
1: (laughs) there were more than that Dave we sold like 400 oh I remember that
0: was uh, that was uh, that was when I learned that uh, we needed a logistics department when I had to take care of all that crap that, uh, was that was before we, we hired had, three floors of yeah. logisticians. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So talk to Todd in logistics this time, and we'll be able to take care of that.
0: Yeah, it'll be a little bit easier to process than me, like literally processing orders and having to mail them crap nonsense.
1: Yeah, that was back in the days when we were just a startup. Yeah. Anyway, I think we're done. I think that's good. Really looking forward to getting out there and watching some football. Uh, as I, I know you all want to know, but I literally checked with UCLA yesterday afternoon, literally yesterday afternoon, and they did not know if it would be open to the public. Um, I, I think it might be a thing where they don't even say it because they don't want to encourage people to come out because if there's too big of a crowd, campus security will probably run them off. So I think it's going to be
0: uh, like
1: no formal announcement about that, and I, love, I don't want to be I, responsible I, I, for anyone showing up and getting kicked out.
0: I love the way they treat the spectator sport. It's so cool think like it's such a fun way to um, engage in fan relations and uh, and uh you know something where you're trying to get money from people to watch a watch a bunch of people play a game
1: It's really cool well we knew we knew it was really going bad when they were Billing Wasserman, and we were saying. Oh, where where's the um, where's the grandstands for the press to watch? And they go, what? You go, oh, is there a press room in Wasserman where we can file our stories? No, what? Yeah. So yeah, we knew it was kind of over then.
0: Yeah, beautiful, yeah. beautiful time in our lives. Okay. All right. There we Tracy. go, Dave. All right. That was well, good. Uh, That was fun. We enjoyed it. We hope you did as well. And uh, we will talk to you again after the start of fall camp. So for Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, and we'll talk to you again next time. Let's all be safe.